Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Crazy Beautiful Life podcast. It's your host, Bethany or B, whichever you decide to call me, and I am so excited that you are joining me for another episode. Today is going to be so chill, so laid back, and I am so happy that you're here. If you're new around here, hey, my name's Bethany, but most people call me B, and I make podcasts all about my crazy, beautiful life. From environmentalism, lifestyle design, money moves, and more, I help inspire you to design your dream, crazy, beautiful life. I'm a kinesiologist, women's health advocate, environmentalist, and a feeler, lover, doer, dreamer. I just love life. It's crazy. It's beautiful. And I'm happy that you are here listening to this episode right here, right now. If you're not a newcomer, you're probably wondering, why is there no intro? Why is the audio different? And my friends, I left my laptop charger in St. Catharines. So I'm recording this episode on my iPad with some headphones. I'm using the Anchor app. Honestly, Anchor just did the podcasting world right So this is not an advertisement, but Anchor, you can like start, record, create, and upload the podcast right from your phone or your computer or your iPad. So it's really easy when you're a gal on the go and you maybe don't have your computer. Maybe you're an idiot like me and left your laptop charger in a different city and can't use your laptop or your recording equipment. (laughs) Yay me. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we'll get into the reason why and how not having my laptop for the last week has affected me in today's episode. Also, if you're new around here, then definitely go and join the Crazy Beautiful Life Facebook group. If you go on Facebook and search Crazy Beautiful Life, then the group will pop up. You'll just have to answer a few questions about inclusivity and um, like hate and stuff like that and not engaging in hate. And then I'll add you to the group and you can be part of this really cool community that I've created and you can post and learn and chat and engage with others. Y'all, tonight is Bachelorette, and you bet your ass I'm going to create a new Bachelorette thread in the Crazy Beautiful Life Facebook group where we can all cast our votes and talk about it, and yeah, it's going to be good. So go and join the Crazy Beautiful Life Facebook group. Also, if you're new around here, make sure to follow me on Instagram at bee.spiers, that's at bspears. I post all the time on Instagram, and right now I'm actually doing a thing called 30 Reels in 30 Days. I didn't tell my followers about it, but basically it's a challenge where for 30 days straight, you post a reels every single day and it's supposed to be really good for your Instagram because the algorithm loves reels and I love making them short little videos. So go follow me on Instagram. It's going to be really fun. So where the heck have I been? Oh my God. Um, There's so much to talk about today. So you know what? I'm going to give you a quick episode overview. First thing in today's episode, I'm going to let y'all know what's real, what's up, what's true for me right now in my life, where I've been, the funk I've been, the hurdles I've had to jump over, the shit that's been knocking me on my ass. I'm going to give y'all a wee bit of an update. And then I really want to talk about kinesiology. Obviously, I'm a kinesiologist. I love kinesiology. And just sort of my story as to why I chose to pursue kinesiology, why I love kinesiology, why I'm making kinesiology my professional career. And yeah, it's going to be a really fun episode. So let's get into it. But before we do any of that, I do want to start this episode by saying happy Pride Month. June is the month of Pride. And I am so excited because. I am an ally. I have been an ally for many years now and I just love everything to do with Pride Month. 
obviously I wish that it wasn't a pandemic still here in Ontario um, because Pride in Toronto is literally awesome. It is so much fun. There are so many cool events happening. A lot of the like bars and restaurants in the city will do like extended last call until like 4 a.m. during Pride, which is crazy. Um, If you're not from Canada or Ontario, you may not know this, but in Ontario, you can't serve alcohol past 2 a.m. And I know in other countries, they like literally don't stop serving alcohol. Like you can literally stay until like 6 a.m. Um, but yeah, 2 a.m. is what we're dealing with here in Ontario. And I just love Pride because a lot of places extend it to 4 a.m. And it's so much fun. The energy in the city just completely shifts. And I'm just so sad that we're having another year of Pride that's a pandemic because we don't get all of those fun things happening. Obviously, Pride isn't about celebrating me. It's about celebrating our LGBTQIA community and two-spirited sisters um, and all of the folks who, you know, are maybe trans folks, non-binary. Pride is really for anyone who resonates with the movement to celebrate. And it's not about me. It's about y'all. And I want to celebrate y'all this month. So happy Pride. I hope that you take this moment to just really reflect on how far you've come, how far this movement has come. I hope you take some time to learn about the individuals who sort of created Pride and the um, black individuals, the people of color who really went to the front lines many years ago who fought for the rights that people have today. I recorded a podcast episode last year with my friend Rob, who is really incredible. He actually did his thesis on uh, a Pride topic and he knows so much about it he has so much knowledge in his brain about the history of plot of pride the black history of pride and i really recommend that episode it is called intersectionality fear pride and intersectionality and we talk about all of the things that came to be and how pride came to be so super cool The other thing that I want to mention is that June, not only is it Pride Month, it is also Indigenous History Month. And this is so important. I would say over the last year, I've been really trying to learn more about Indigenous history in Canada. I really didn't learn much in school. And I know that it is important to learn about the incredibly dark history of Indigenous peoples in Canada and the mistreatment of Indigenous individuals that happened years ago and that's still happening today. So throughout the month of June, I encourage you to listen to Indigenous voices. I encourage you to amplify Indigenous voices and I encourage you to do a wee bit of learning about some of the horrific, horrific events that have happened in the past and some of the events that are still happening today. So a book that I highly recommend is Seven Fallen Feathers. This is a really good book to sort of start if you don't know much about the residential school system, if you don't know much about the mistreatment of Indigenous individuals in uh, more colonized communities, um, such as Thunder Bay, North Bay, CU Lookout. Um, I encourage you to listen to the Canada Land Thunder Bay podcast. And I also encourage you to listen to the podcast, The Secret Life of Canada. It is a CBC podcast and it talks about all of the things that you may not have learned about, the topics that you may not see in mainstream media about the mistreatment of Indigenous communities and Indigenous peoples here in Canada that has been happening for a very long time and things that are still happening today. So that is what's up this month. It is Pride Month as well as Indigenous History Month and let's make sure that we are providing attention to both of those because they are both really, really, really important causes.
cool cool i do want to mention that the crazy beautiful life podcast the crazy beautiful community the estrogen empire are all inclusive spaces and i want to make that very 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 clear yes i am a white woman i am a white cisgendered straight woman but my community and my podcast my practice my events are all safe spaces where everyone is free to be and come as they are everyone is welcomed and everyone is celebrated especially with regards to the estrogen empire I have had a few questions about the Estrogen Empire, which is a podcast series right here on my podcast dedicated to topics in menstrual health, in anatomical female health, in women's health, in people who are affected by the patriarchy. The Estrogen Empire is a very important aspect of the Crazy Beautiful Life. It's a very important part of my community, my business, my podcast the types of advocacy and awareness that I do and education that I put out into the world. And I just wanted to mention that last year, I think it was March of 2020 when I actually, or February of 2020, when I started my women's health series on this podcast, I didn't really know what to call it. I started my women's health series because I wanted to put podcasts out there about women's health. My professor in my women's health course actually said we could do a final paper or we could do a social media campaign. And I was like, hey, can I do a podcast series? And she was like, yeah, absolutely. So that's what I did instead of a final paper. And I was thinking about calling it Women's Hour, The Women's Corner, Women's Wellness Hour, things like that. But I realized that that was not very inclusive to all individuals who menstruate, who have a period, who have a uterus, who experience oppression from the patriarchy and things like that. And I really was trying to come up with a term that was inclusive for everyone who experiences these things that's why I came up with the estrogen empire because everyone has estrogen in their bodies whether they are male female non-binary no matter what they identify as everybody has estrogen everyone and that is why I chose the estrogen empire so I just want you to know that I am dedicated and I am always learning and I am always looking for input and feedback with regards to how I can make my communities more inclusive but that is why the estrogen empire is titled that because everyone has estrogen in their bodies and they are just in different amounts in different expression so yeah that's a little bit about that <laughs> moving on where have I been so I've been here, um, I've been around, I've been doing the things, and I have been getting knocked on my ass. Now, I do want to mention that I recognize how incredibly fortunate I am to have this life that I get to live and have my beautiful apartment and have my job and have my friends and have my family. Like, I am so fortunate. It is ridiculous. And I do really feel immense gratitude for what I have in my life and the people I have and the things that I have. But sometimes I get knocked down and sometimes life isn't all sunshine and rainbows and I would be lying if I said that it is. I think a lot of the times we see influencers and content creators and podcasters and these people that we look up to and we just think like, wow, they are thriving. They have everything. They have such a good life. They have XYZ. And I want to let y'all know that I'm a normal human and sometimes 
I too get knocked down on my ass and sometimes things don't go my way. And sometimes, although I may seem like I'm like thriving and yes, get it, queen, go, goals, inspiration. Sometimes I get knocked down too. And that's where I've been the last couple of weeks is I've been knocked down. I've been sitting on my ass because I've been knocked the hell down. And I just sort of wanted to share that with y'all. So as y'all know, I am currently seeking employment as a registered kinesiologist in my field. I would love to get into a hospital or clinical setting where I can work one-on-one with patients. I am seeing patients virtually in my own practice, which has been phenomenal. And I love helping you guys towards better health. If you're wondering what I do, I offer a lot of services from rehabilitation, prehabilitation, prehabilitation, lifestyle intervention, and nutrition, uh, long-term disability management, case management, just really all the things head to toe, inside out, human body. That is what I do, especially with regards to women's health and hormones and muscular skeletal ailments and injuries. So that is what I do virtually right now. But I would love to see patients in person, which is why I've been working so hard to try and obtain an in-person kinesiology job. I love my job that I currently have and I feel so fortunate that I have it and I feel immense gratitude for this job, but I really want to work in my field. And recently over the last wee while, I've been applying for jobs nonstop and I've just been getting rejected, like flat out, like we're not hiring you, rejected. And it sucks and it hurts and it stings and it's painful and I feel like nobody talks about that, like We see on LinkedIn when people get hired and we see everyone congratulating them, but we don't see on LinkedIn when people are not getting hired and all the shit that they have to go through to get hired and how many rejections that they get. And it's just, it's so false, you know, like social media is a myth. Instagram is a lie. LinkedIn is a myth. It's all performative. It's all a highlight reel. And I'm guilty of this too. I'm guilty of sharing the positives and I'm guilty of sharing only when things get good and that's another reason why I'm putting this episode out there right here right now is because things aren't always great and things aren't always perfect and I get knocked on my ass too and I get rejected too and it sucks. So the last wee while I've just been repeatedly getting rejected from jobs and it's really been wearing down my confidence. I'm a confident person and becoming confident and becoming aware. I I feel like I'm a very self-aware person. I'm very self-actualized. I really know who I am. I know when it's me. I know what's me and my personality and I know what's my ego and my ego's personality. I know when it's me speaking and when it's my ego speaking. I have really done a lot of work to become self-actualized, to become self-aware, to become confident and know that I am a good person. I am a good candidate. I know that I'm successful. I know that I am a competitive candidate. I know that I have a lot of experience. I know that I have really good skills. But these rejections have really been testing my confidence and they've been testing the way that I perceive myself as an employee, as a candidate, as a kinesiologist. It just sucks and it's hard because I just think about all of the other people who maybe aren't as confident as me and who maybe aren't as aware of themselves as I am and how these rejections for jobs would sting them even more. In a recent episode, I talked about my 
struggle with resilience and bouncing back after I got a spinal tap in my third year of university. So if you haven't heard this story, you can go listen to the episode. But basically, I got knocked on my ass really, really, really hard in my third year of university after getting a spinal tap. I was bedridden for several weeks. I was ill. I lost about 20 pounds. I lost all my muscle mass. I missed a rugby game, which is something I never do. Um, It was an OUA playoff game. So that really, really, really sucked but yeah I got knocked on my ass really 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 hard in my third year of university and it really helped me become a resilient individual and I do consider myself very 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 resilient but the last weeks with these rejections have tested what I know about my resilience and my ability to bounce back and it's been tough And I always thought resilience was a quality that you just sort of had. You were resilient or not. And after going through what I went through in third year, I considered myself a resilient individual. Like I was like, wow, this happened and now I am resilient. But what I learned was that in third year when I got knocked on my ass and I became resilient, it wasn't a one and done type of situation. Every day that I wake up, I become a more resilient individual. Every setback that happens, I become a more resilient individual. It's not like you wake up tomorrow and you're resilient. It's a practice that you constantly work towards and you constantly chip away at becoming more and more and more resilient. And over the last couple of weeks, I haven't been resilient as I thought I was. And that's been getting me down, being like, why can't I bounce back from this? Why can't I keep trucking along? I thought I was a resilient person. Why can't I keep pushing through with this bad news repeatedly coming and hitting and hitting and hitting? And it's not about that. It's about practicing resilience every day, becoming more resilient every day, picking myself up after every single setback that comes my way. Recently, I felt like I've been kicked in the stomach while I'm down. And, you know, I'm down, I'm on my side. The universe has said, F you, Bethany, we're kicking you down today. And then the universe has come around and said, here's another kick in the stomach. Here's another kick in the stomach. Here's another kick in the stomach. Here's another one. (laughs) And it's just been really testing how I feel about myself and my success and my career and my degree and and my certifications and my resume and I'm and I'm like wow maybe I'm not a competitive candidate wow maybe I don't have very good skills wow maybe I'm not a really good kinesiologist maybe I don't know that much maybe I need more certifications and I've just been really questioning myself over the last couple of weeks and I'm sharing this because I want you to know that the people that you idolize the people that you look up to the people that you look at as role models also get down in the dumps. We get kicked down. We get knocked down on our ass. We have to pick ourselves back up. Yeah. So that's what's been up with me the last couple of weeks. And I've been trying to push and push and push and do more job applications, offer more events, do more things, reach out to more people, connect with more professors, more people in the field, more kinesiologists, more hiring managers, connect, 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 go, 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 do, do, do. And then what happened was Danny and I went to visit his grandma in St. Catharines. She lives about an hour from us, so it's a really fast drive. And I had a couple of calls while I was there. I actually did a recovery concussion rehabilitation boot camp. So I had to do some of those calls while we were visiting Danny's grandma. So I brought my laptop and my charger. I had to do podcast meetings, all the things. And then I left my charger there. And then we got back from St. Catharines and it was the next morning and I woke up at like 6 a.m. to do the usual thing, wake up, 
read, work out, get on my computer, get shit done, apply to jobs, email people, schedule podcast guests, schedule events, plan events, all the things. So it's like 6 a.m. and I've done my reading, coffee, workout, shower. Now it's time to get down and do some work on my computer. And I could not find my laptop charger anywhere. I tore apart our apartment. I was so furious. I was like, oh my God, I have so much work to do and I don't have my laptop charger. And then I went to work and Danny was home and then Danny tore apart the house, tore apart the house even more, looked absolutely everywhere, could not find my laptop charger. And I was just like, wow, F this. I literally have so much shit I need to do. I have so many emails I need to send, so many people I need to connect with. And I don't have my laptop charger. And I was like, this is my breaking point. This is my boiling point. This is the universe giving me a big old smack in the face. And I haven't had my laptop charger. So I haven't had a laptop for over a week now. It's been so tough. It's been so challenging because I just wanted to keep pushing and pushing and going and going. And the universe said, F-U-B, you're going to take a break. This is your forced break. Whether or not you like it, you are having a break. And boy, oh boy, was that necessary. I woke up this morning with this whole new sense of hope. You guys know I love Mondays. I always get this new excitement and inspiration and motivation on Mondays. And I haven't felt that feeling in a wee while. But having this last week without my computer, without my ability to do work, only what I'm able to do on my laptop and on my phone, it's really been that reset and recharge and realign that I needed. And now I feel ready to go for it again. I still don't have my computer, so I can't do any of my events. Um, I can't apply for any jobs, but I am feeling more inspired and more grateful and more mentally sound and happier and just better in general. And I needed it. So last week was shit realizing I don't have my laptop charger. I can't do any work, but it was definitely a sign from the universe that I just needed to slow down to come home to myself, to come home to my feelings, to sit with my emotions And then collect myself, gather myself, pick myself back up, go for some bike rides, go for some walks, go for some runs, do some workouts, eat some food, and just come home to myself and get re-inspired. And I feel that this morning. I feel re-inspired. I got my agenda out. I've been planning, scheduling, connecting with people for upcoming podcasts for Pride, connecting with people for upcoming podcasts for Indigenous History Month, planning some events that I'm really excited about. Hint, hint, wink, 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 nudge, nudge. There are some really fun Pride events coming up. And you better be following me on Instagram at bee.spiers. That's at bspears on Instagram so that you don't miss the announcement about some really exciting events coming up in the month of June for Pride Month. So yeah, that's what's up. That's been what's real and true for me. And over the last week or so, I've really just been thinking about my why. You know, why am I doing this? Why am I trying so hard to get a kinesiologist job? Why am I trying so hard to do my kinesiology, my individual kinesiology practice and see patients? Why am I doing this? Why don't I just give up? Why don't I just try and get a different job? Why don't I go back to college or something and do a different degree that's easier to get a job in and a different field, blah, 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 blah. Why, 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 why? And I was really reminded as to why I chose kinesiology and why I love kinesiology. And I sort of took a trip down memory lane in one of my dreams, actually, um, just about choosing kinesiology and how I got here and why I 
chose U of T and chose Kin and all of those sorts of things. And this is the Crazy Beautiful Life podcast. So I wanted to share some of that, some of my Crazy Beautiful Life with y'all and why I love kinesiology and why I chose kinesiology. So that is what we are going to be talking about today. We're going to take a trip down memory lane. I'm going to talk about being in high school and all of the programs that I applied to, the programs that I got into, different scholarships and things like that, and why I love kinesiology and why I think kinesiology is so important in today's society. So I hope that you are excited about this episode because I definitely am. I can talk about kinesiology for hours and hours and hours and hours. This is a chit chatty episode. So I have no notes. I have no bullet points. I have nothing. I'm just going to sort of share from my heart, from my soul. I'm going to talk about my crazy, beautiful life and kinesiology. And I hope that y'all like it. So yeah, let's get into it. Okay, you guys, so let's talk about this. How did I get into kinesiology? Why did I choose kinesiology? So let's go back in time to high school me. So high school me was super, super in love with health, wellness, and fitness. I had a couple friends in high school that I really loved to work out with. One of my friends and I used to always run the canal together. We used to work out together. And my high school had a gym in our high school. So there was like a classroom that they like put mats all over the floor and converted it into a fitness gym. They had a ton of different equipment, a squat rack. I think they even had a couple treadmills. It was so funny. It was like the, it was so small. It was a small, small, small classroom that they just packed full of old donated exercise equipment. And I loved it. I really, really, really loved it. So I got a gym membership from the school. You could use the gym membership on lunch or you could use it on your spare if there was a supervising teacher around and then they had like a couple days per week where the gym was open after school. Now in high school I did not have a membership to the gym in our town. There's one gym in my town at the curling club and it's like a tennis not a tennis court, a squash court. It's a squash court that they just packed full of fitness equipment and they call it a gym. And I didn't have a membership there during high school. I was just, you know, at school. I didn't have access to a gym. But then when my high school got a gym and they opened up membership, I was so excited because I loved working out and I loved exercising. And I had a couple friends that loved that as well. And we would always go and it was just so much fun. I was always dedicated to exercising and working out at home as well. I actually really got started with health and fitness because of Blogilates. So I've shared on the podcast so many times my love and obsession with Cassie Ho and Blogilates, but I used to always do Blogilates videos in my basement and I just loved working out. Now I did grow up participating in sports, so I was a gymnast, I played hockey, I did figure skating uh, here and there. They all sort of overlapped in one way or another. Gymnastics was my favorite, so I was always active, but in terms of like specific working out and exercising, it really started in high school. I also started running in high school, like I said. Um, I did cross country throughout elementary school, but it was nothing crazy. And then in high school, I started running the canal with a couple of friends that also loved running. It was just something that I really, really, really enjoyed. I took gym throughout all of high school. So in Ontario, you only have to take gym in grade nine, and then you don't have to take it for the rest of your high school days. But I took gym every single year of high school because I just loved it so much. I loved exercising. I loved running. I loved engaging in healthy activities. And then in grade 11, I took 
a health and fitness program that my school offered. So even though my high school was really, really small, they did really well for offering unique niche courses. And one of those was this health and fitness course. So it was in our small fitness room and with all of the exercise equipment and we learned about program design and coming up with a good program and how to track track your progress and progressive overload and we would have to like go into the fitness room and work out every day and i loved it so much and i remember my teacher of that class actually using the program that i had come up with as an example for like what for future classes for what a program should look like and how you can make a program and how you can do well in this class. So that was kind of funny. I actually got the award for having the highest academic standing in that class and I loved it. Like we just worked out every single day and my friend in the course who is just an awesome guy, uh, we really pushed each other and we really challenged each other and we were both striving to have the highest mark and we really, really, really did push each other to become better lift heavier, improve our form. And this was in high school. I wish I had more videos from this time because I actually don't have any videos from this course, but I really wish that I did because I would love to see like our form and love to see how we were deadlifting. Like I remember we were deadlifting a lot. We were squatting a lot. We were benching a lot. And I would just love to have more photos from that time to look back on and see how we were doing. But I took that course in high school and I loved it. Also in high school, I played soccer all four years of high school. I played volleyball three years of high school. I did cross country and I also did rugby, obviously. I did rugby all four years. I was a captain for two of those years. I got a bunch of awards, most valuable back, most valuable forward. I got most valuable forward twice. Um, I was just really, really involved with sports and athletics. I was also really involved with jazz, as you guys know. Um, But yeah, I was just really in love with health and wellness and I remember so many of my friends would ask me like fitness tips and like workout tips and can you help me with the workout because I just loved it and it was a known thing that I was engaged in I had like the female record for most push-ups I could never do the most sit-ups I could never ever ever do sit-ups in fitness testing I would literally get like 30 sit-ups and fail and my friends would get like 80 and beyond sit-ups and it never made sense to me but push-ups were my shit Like I said, female record of push-ups. I hope I hold that to this day. Probably not because there are so many awesome athletes that go through my high school. It is a rural community and a lot of the people who went to my high school were relatively active just based on the way that we live. There's no public transit in my town so you bike everywhere when you're a kid or you walk or run. There's not much to do other than work out. There's a lot of sports and a lot of people work outdoors on their farms or various labor intensive jobs like working for the township and stuff like that. So a lot of people are just naturally really healthy and really fit in my community. So it's a pretty awesome place to be. I absolutely love my hometown. But that's sort of where I was at in high school. And I was also really engaged in science. I was engaged in science and I was engaged in business. And I really had to make the decision in grades 11 and 12 when you can take more electives. Do I want to take more business courses or do I want to take more science courses? And I thought, you know what? Business is great, but science is where I'm going to have the most fruitful career. Um, So I went that route. 
And I still love business and I'm so glad that I took so many business courses in high school and that I pursued the business SHSM because it was rewarding and I took a lot of different courses and I learned a lot about Excel and Word and entrepreneurship and international business and it was really fun. But science was really where it's at. I took a lot of biology and chemistry courses. I hated chemistry, not because of the content, but because of the teacher. Whoops. Um, but my biology teacher was awesome and our biology teacher at my high school really should have been a university professor. He is so intelligent. He really helped us succeed and achieve greatness. So I was sort of like in this limbo of like taking lots of science courses, taking lots of gym classes and this weightlifting class and engaging in a lot of weightlifting and training and sports and things like that. And I was really learning how the two of them were integrated and how science and fitness, nutrition and wellness were all related. And I heard about kinesiology from a friend of mine who was a couple years older than me and she was applying to universities and she said you know I think I'm going to apply to kinesiology and I was like oh that's kind of cool I don't really know what that is so I went home and I looked it up and I learned that kinesiology is the science of human movement or the study of human movement and I was engaged I was immediately engaged I was immediately thrilled and I almost knew right away that I found my profession. I found that integration of sports, athletics, healthcare, science, biology, chemistry, and all of that. I did really well in science as well. Um, I got the award for grade 10 science. Woohoo, grade 10 science. Um, But I did really, really well in science. I really enjoyed learning it. Uh, Math and physics wasn't really my, my my jam and I know that a lot of healthcare and stuff like that involves a lot of math and that just like wasn't for me um and physics I wasn't really that interested in it now looking back I'm like I should have taken physics but yeah so that's sort of like how I was navigating that and I also at the time was working in a pharmacy so I worked for all of high school part-time in the school year and full-time in the summer at a pharmacy as a pharmaceutical assistant so it's counting medication filling prescriptions obviously I was a student so all my prescriptions were signed off by the pharmacist and they were all checked and everything like that Um, and I was learning a lot about about medication and for a wee while in high school I thought okay I really like biology I like chemistry I like health and wellness I should become a pharmacist and I understood that okay first you have to do an undergrad then you have to apply for the doctor of pharmacy program and I was like cool like this is so awesome I want to be a pharmacist this is great so I'll take some sort of general undergrad in biology or chemistry or sciences and then I'll apply to a doctor of pharmacy program and I'll become a pharmacist and then I started realizing that within the pharmacy, within all of that I was doing, I was filling blister packs, I was counting medications, fulfilling prescriptions, mixing ointments and creams. I was really drawn to the natural stuff. I was drawn to the vitamins that people were taking. Why are they taking these vitamins? I was drawn to the vitamin section of the pharmacy and picking up vitamins for myself. I remember I like came home with like a bunch of iron and a bunch of fish I think it was cod liver oil and stuff because I learned about it for my hair skin nails Um, I was really drawn to omegas then I started learning about d3 and d3 deficiency in Canadians and why so many Canadians should be taking vitamin d and I was learning about all these things and really picking the pharmacist's brain because pharmacists also can recommend um, vitamins 
they can suggest vitamins based on the symptoms that you're presenting and all of those sorts of things. And I was really intrigued by it and I was engaged and interested and I still thought, you know, I want to be a pharmacist. Then as I worked more and more years in the pharmacy, I came to learn about our healthcare system a wee bit more. I then obtained a position at our hospital as medical laboratory assistant in the lab where I was dealing with biohazardous samples. So blood, urine, swabs, fecal matter, all of those sorts of things. And I was learning more about laboratory techniques. I was learning about different diseases that they would catch via lab tests. I was learning about swabbing and growing different things in microbiology and intubating different bacteria and seeing what grows and then testing. I was learning a lot about our healthcare system. And as I was doing this, as I was working in the pharmacy, working in the lab, engaging with the community in that way, while also studying biology, chemistry, nutrition, health and wellness, fitness, and all those sorts of things, I was learning about our healthcare system. And I realized that we don't really have healthcare in Ontario. We have sick care. We wait until the individual is ill, and then we provide intervention, whether that be a medication, whether that be a brace. We sold knee braces and knee supports and wrist supports and stuff at the pharmacy, which I always found interesting and how does this brace work and what does this brace do and our pharmacist would recommend different ones and you know I was always seeing like braces and supports and stuff like that and I was seeing medications and I was seeing people come into the hospital and I was seeing people be admitting to admitted to the hospital and staying in the hospital long term I was also doing uh blood blood glucose readers so I would you know get called to the inpatient unit and I would test someone's blood and see what their sugar levels were and then I would upload their blood sugar levels to their profile and then their doctor or nurse would read that and take the next necessary steps. I learned that in Ontario, we don't really have health care, we have sick care. We wait until the individual is sick or they are ill or they are injured or they are damaged and then we start to treat them. We don't have a lot of health promotion here in Ontario. We don't have a lot of preventative measures here in Ontario. Although I love our pharmaceutical industry, there is a lot of work that needs to be done with regards to pharmaceuticals. There is an opioid crisis. There are individuals who are addicted to medications and it is not their faults. It is a system and structures that we have placed. It is our lack of resources. It is our lack of community outreach and community programming. It is our lack of safe injection sites. It is our lack of intervention for individuals who are dealing with addiction. I would frequently see patients who were experiencing addiction to the medications that they were on and their doctors simply not having the time to dedicate to those patients to get them better. Because they had so many patients. They had so much on their plate. These doctors are not bad people. They were just stretched too thin. I was seeing this over and over and over again. And I was seeing people on medications that could have been avoided with lifestyle intervention. I am not anti-medication. I am pro-health, pro-choice, pro lifestyle intervention. I think that medication paired with a lifestyle intervention with re- lifestyle intervention 
with regards to physical activity, nutrition, stress management, and sleep hygiene. I think that is the way that we should go. I think that pharmaceutical intervention should not be our only approach, but that is what we're currently dealing with. That's what we currently have the infrastructure to coordinate. And I was seeing this over and over and over again. You know, this person's on this medication, but could this person not take this medication with XYZ side effect, or could they take a lower dose of this medication while also implementing a lifestyle intervention? I think the pharmacist that I worked for, the specific pharmacy that I worked at, did a really good job at emphasizing both and providing the patients the lifestyle coaching and education that they needed. But without the structure of outpatient programming, this is very challenging. It's very challenging to see a patient and say, yes, you're going to take this medication. I also recommend this lifestyle intervention, this amount of physical activity, this lifestyle or nutrition tips without the places and spaces where those people can go to to learn more and to be held accountable for such health-promoting behaviors. So that's what really turned me off of becoming a pharmacist, was not really aligning with just give them the medication, just give them the medication, just give them the, the medication. And not all pharmacists do that. And there are pharmacists and there are physicians that are advocating for their patients and who are trying their best to educate and inform and empower them to make more health-promoting behaviors and trying to find the outpatient programming for them to engage in health-promoting health-promoting behaviors, but we're just not there yet. So that's what sort of drove me away from pharmacy and drove me into kinesiology. So in grade 12, my school offered a very unique program, which was called kinesiology. Now, not a lot of high schools offer this. But for University of Toronto applications, if your school offered kinesiology, you had to take it. And if your school offered calculus, you had to take it. Lucky for me, kinesiology and calculus were offered in the same period because I went to such a small high school. Calculus ran once a year, like once a semester for one period. So I reached out to University of Toronto Admissions and I said, hey, my school offers calculus and kinesiology in the same period. Which one would you rather me take? They said kinesiologist or kinesiology, which was great. So I took the kinesiology program, which was led actually by my gym teacher, who was an incredible, incredible teacher. Uh, She was my gym teacher for all four years of high school. She's awesome, intelligent, kind, fit, healthy, awesome. She's just freaking awesome. And... I loved it. I loved it so, 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 so much. And at this point, I already knew that I was going to be applying to kinesiology. So in grade 12, I applied to kinesiology at University of Toronto. I applied to concurrent education at Queen's University. And I applied to biomedical sciences at York University because I was still sort of thinking maybe, just maybe, I'll do biomed, I'll apply to medical school, or I'll apply to doctor of pharmacy and we'll go from there. I got accepted to Queen's University concurrent education because in my civics and careers course, they said, you should be a teacher, you should be a teacher, you should be a teacher. And I was still trying to balance. I love science. I also love music. And I thought, you know what? I'll become a music teacher. I'll do music. You have to have two teachables in Ontario for the Ontario Teachers Association. So 
I was going to do music and I was going to do science and those would be my teachables. So I applied to Queens Concurrent Education for Con Ed. I got in there and I was like, okay, that's cool. I could become a teacher. I could go to Queens. Awesome. Then um, I got accepted to York University for biomedical sciences with a really large admissions scholarship. York does offer fairly generous admissions scholarships. Um, They're automatic. So if you apply and your overall average is above a certain point, they give you a lot of money. So I was like, wow, this is awesome. I'm probably going to go to York. And I hadn't heard back from University of Toronto yet. So it was about March and I still hadn't heard back from University of Toronto. I really wanted to go and tour York. So I set up a tour date and York was actually on strike at that time uh there was something going on with the school and everyone was like not at school no one was learning York was on strike so I went with my parents we drove up to York University which is in the Peel region just north of Toronto and we toured the campus and I hated it my mom hated it and not that York is a bad school It just, when we were there, it was a ghost town, right? Like I didn't get the actual feel for the campus. It was early March. It was freezing ass cold. The school's on strike, so there was nobody there and it looked like a ghost town. And I just didn't feel right. I just didn't really like the campus because it was so deserted and because it was so isolated and it was so far from everything that I knew. So... My family at the time, a lot of my family was living in Toronto and they had lived in Toronto for several years. My aunts and my uncle and a few of my cousins lived in Toronto, but they were all downtown and York is nowhere near downtown. So I was kind of like, oh, this kind of sucks, but whatever. And I was still being really optimistic because I had been accepted there and I hadn't been accepted to University of Toronto and I had been accepted to Queens, but I was still like, oh yeah, this is good, whatever. And then my, like right after we did the York tour, we had scheduled a tour at U of T right after. So we drove downtown and my dad had the car and my dog. So my dad stayed with the car and my dog while my mom and I did the tour. The U of T tour was so long. I think it was like two hours in the freezing cold. And me being from a small town, I literally thought that it was going to be like inside. Like I thought we were going to be walking indoors of a building I didn't think we were going to be walking outside for like tons and tons of kilometers I was freezing I wore a leather jacket and flats so that I looked cute and throughout the entire U of T tour my mom and I were freezing and then we were in the Bayhen Center which is so funny now that I know what that is and there was a second cup and my mom got both of us hot chocolates because we were freezing because I was wearing Tommy Tommy I was wearing Tory Burch flats and a leather jacket in in March in Toronto it was freezing cold and the tour just kept going on and on and on and we were like holy shit this campus is massive but throughout the entire tour I just knew that this is where I wanted to be and I remember we were coming around Queen's Park and you sort of drive down and under this bridge and then you come out to Hart House Circle and King's College Circle, which if you're familiar with University of Toronto campus, you know that those are like the most beautiful parts of campus. And as soon as we drove up under the Hart House Bridge, I literally wanted to cry because I was like, I want to be here so bad and I hadn't been accepted yet. And I was like, I want to go here so bad. I just... 
I instantly felt overwhelmed with how badly I wanted to go to this school. And the entire tour, I was just looking around and it was truly a main character moment. I was looking around at the campus and I was like, wow, this is beautiful. Now, the tour was not a kinesiology tour and I wish I had booked one of those. I just booked a general U of T tour. But it was such a nice tour. It was just way too long and way too cold. But yeah, we did the tour and I knew that this is where I wanted to be. But I was still like, my parents were like, okay, what do you think? Like, what do you think about the campuses? And I was like, well, U of T is really, really great and I love it. But York is good too. And I, I still like, you know, I'm still keeping the door open to York. And I was only saying that because I hadn't been accepted to U of T. And then the very next day, it was like the day of my birthday or something like that. Um... I got accepted. I got an email that I had been accepted to U of T. It was really early in the morning. I think it was like 5 a.m. And I actually had jazz rehearsal that morning. So jazz was Tuesday, Thursday, Friday of high school at 7 a.m. You had to be there at 6.45 in the morning, ready for 7. So I was always up around like 5 a.m. And then I would get ready and my mom would drop me off at jazz. So I was freaking out. It was really early in the morning and I ran up to my parents' room and I woke up my parents and I was just crying and I was like, I know it's 5 a.m. but I got accepted to U of T and I am freaking out. I texted my best friends. I texted Sadie. I texted Natalia. I was like, guys, I got accepted to U of T. I was like Snapchatting everyone. I was freaking out because I got accepted to University of Toronto, Bachelors of Kinesiology and I was losing it and I knew no further their consideration needed to happen. I didn't need to think about York. I didn't need to think about Queens. I was just like, this is it. I want to be in kinesiology. I want to be in healthcare, in healthcare, the type of healthcare that is injury prevention, the type of healthcare that utilizes a holistic lifestyle approach for injury, dysfunction, illness, disease, and lifestyle management. I was so excited. And then I knew and I accepted my offer to University of Toronto shortly thereafter and that was it. In September, I was U of T kin bound. August rolls around and it was the night before I was supposed to move and I had a total breakdown. I texted my best friends. I was sobbing. I was talking to my mom and my sister and I said, you know what, guys, I don't want to go. I don't think I want to do this. I don't think I want to move to Toronto. I don't want to do any of this. And my best friends came over. They brought me Timbits. We sat in my room and I was just an emotional mess. And I was like, guys, I don't think I want to do this. And my friends were very encouraging and they were like, yeah, you know, you should just go for it. And if you hate it, you can always drop out. You can always move back. My mom and my sister were like, hey, if you don't think this is right, then don't go. Don't do this. And in my mind, I was just like, I don't know what to do. The next morning I woke up and I moved to Toronto. I started training camp for U of T rugby and made the team and frosh week was just around the corner and it was all happening so fast and here I am that was 2015 six years later it's 2021 and I'm a registered kinesiologist and I completed my bachelor's degree and I had an awesome time doing it it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows it was definitely very challenging but I did it and now I just have this fire under my ass and this this fuel to help 
the profession and help revitalize the way that we think about healthcare because healthcare is not waiting until people are ill to provide inter- intervention. Healthcare is using a health promotion, health behaviors perspective, use, using a public health perspective, using infrastructure and systems and structures perspective to create a healthy population to create healthy individuals, to keep as many individuals out of the sick care system as possible. We know that there are so many lifestyle-related illnesses such as type 2 diabetes, osteoarthritis, cardiovascular disease, heart attack, stroke, hypertension, nutritional deficiencies, fatigue, even some cancers are lifestyle-related. There are so many areas of our current sick care system that could be prevented if we opted for a healthcare perspective. Keeping people healthy, creating a healthy population, ensure that people are getting 150 minutes of moderate to vigorous physical activity per week, ensuring that our individuals in the 50 plus perspective are engaging in ACSM guidelines such as cardio three to five times per week for 30 minutes or more, strength training twice per week, flexibility once per week, really just engaging our communities to participate in health-promoting behaviors to keep people fit for life and healthy and moving. Our current systems and structures, systems and structures facilitate a sedentary lifestyle. We sit all day at work or we stand in place all day at work. We take public transit or we drive. Public transit is better than driving, but they are both sedentary. In Ontario, we don't really have the systems and structures in place for people to feel safe and comfortable biking to and from work, running to and from work, and kinesiology in the health promotion and health um, engaging aspects of kinesiology are encouraging our key stakeholders to create systems and structures that allow people to engage in health promoting activities in a safe and effective manner. Um, I forget where I was going with this, but yeah. I love the practice of kinesiology and I just know that if we have more kinesiologists in our healthcare system, then we can keep people healthier for longer, keep them more well, keep them out of the hospital, keep them moving, keep them out of pain, keep them strong, keep their bones well, their joint cartilage sufficient and preserve their highline cartilage and preserve their range of motion and preserve pain-free living and reduce inflammation and improve their cognition and improve their cardiovascular capacity and all of these things. I just know that having kinesiologists in our healthcare system is so important, which is why I'm so passionate about it and why I chose this as a profession. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the episode. I just wanted to interrupt you briefly to talk about Young Living Essential Oils. Young Living Essential Oils are the international leader in therapeutic grade essential oils. With their seed to seal guarantee, you can ensure that you are getting essential oils of the highest purity and highest potency. Some of my favorite, favorite blends are Valor, Peace and Calming, and Christmas Spirit. They have hundreds of different essential oils, natural health products, accessories, and more on their website. I absolutely love their natural home cleaning products. If you are ready to switch out things, 
things in your daily life for a natural chemical free alternative then young living essential oils is the company for you additionally should you decide to do the business side of things their compensation plan is phenomenal they have provided me so much financial freedom emotional freedom and chemical freedom in my life if you're ready to get started with your young living journey whether it be just purchasing some oils or getting going with your business send me a dm and i'm happy to help you out Okay, so that's why I sort of chose kinesiology is because I believe in the capacity for kinesiology and lifestyle intervention to keep people healthier for longer, decrease their reliance on potential pharmaceuticals, not that pharmaceuticals are bad, but, you know, for example, say you have really high cholesterol because you eat like shit, so you take a cholesterol medication, but you still eat like shit sort of like a band-aid, if you will. So I like kinesiology because I believe in the capacity of kinesiology to keep people healthier for longer and keep people out of our sick care system and our healthcare system. I believe in the capacity for kinesiology to improve health outcomes with regards to surgery, with regards to oncology, with regards to injury and dysfunction, illness and disease. I love kinesiology, as you can tell, and I'm really passionate about it. So what exactly do I do? So as a kinesiologist, I work one-on-one with patients to provide immediate lifestyle intervention with regards to their specific symptomology. Maybe the patient is about to go into a surgery and they have heard about prehabilitation. Prehabilitation is the act of getting a patient stronger, healthier, and better before they go into surgery to improve post-surgery outcomes. So that's prehabilitation. Maybe I'm working with a patient on rehabilitation. They have sustained an injury, whether it be an acute injury, you know, you're walking down the street and you turn and you tear your ACL. That's an acute injury that we need to rehabilitate right then and there. Or it may be a chronic injury where an individual has chronically painful knees from years of having poor biomechanics, weak external hip rotators, whatever it may be. So maybe we are working on rehabilitation. So we are having a look at the symptoms that they are presenting and we're having doing some sort of assessment, whether it be range of motion, range of motion assessment, whether it be a manual muscle testing, whether it be a functional movement screen or a functional, functional capacity evaluation. We're gathering more information about their health and about the things that they are experiencing and we are rehabilitating their body. We are getting them healthier. We are getting them stronger, joints moving, things like that, muscle stronger, reducing any sort of limitations or impingements that they have. Maybe they have a nerve impingement that's causing them pain. We are rehabilitating that. So we have prehab, we have rehab, we have lifestyle interventions. So maybe an individual is really struggling with their lifestyle. They can't seem to engage in health-promoting behaviors such as physical activity or nutrition. And because they can't engage in physical activity and nutrition, they're experiencing worsened quality of life. Maybe they have a hard time going up and down the stairs at work and they're getting out of breath. Maybe they're experiencing chronic fatigue because of their lack of nutrition. Maybe they are experiencing hormonal struggles because they are eating certain foods that are not great for their hormones or they're not eating frequently enough and they're sending their hormones on a roller coaster. Maybe they're experiencing chronic stress and they're having trouble getting their stressors in, in control and they need to implement some physical approaches and lifestyle approaches true to stress management. So that's the sort of lifestyle intervention that a kinesiologist can provide is we can help give you the guidance and give you the structure that you need to get up off your feet, get things going, help educate you, 
and just help get help you start participating in a healthier lifestyle. So that are some of the things that we do. Prehab, rehab, lifestyle intervention, and disease management. So disease management would be, say, someone, a patient has diabetes, and they are looking for different ways um, that they can implement holistic behaviors to help manage their diabetes. Um, More specifically, type 2, but type 2 diabetes, type 1 diabetes is a little bit more intricate, uh, a little bit more uh, health history needs to be taken with that, and there's a lot more uh, personal characteristics and personal factors that need to be considered. But for example, type 2 diabetes management, they have type 2 diabetes or they have been identified as as being pre-diabetic, so they are showing some insulin resistance, but they haven't met the criteria for type 2 diabetes just yet. So we would work with a patient for disease management right then and there. How can we implement different lifestyle intervention, exercise, nutrition, stress management to to help really manage their disease and intervene with the prognosis of their disease? We also can help with things like RDS syndrome. RDS syndrome is um, an energy imbalance, essentially. It happens with a lot of people who menstruate who are elite athletes. Uh, they lose their period or they experience secondary amenorrhea, which is when a menstrual cycle disappears for 90 days or more. That is classified as secondary amenorrhea and is very, very concerning for bone mineral density um, and intervention, immediate intervention needs to happen. So a kinesiologist can work with an athlete on RDS and see how and what we can do to make sure that they can still train and they can still engage in physical activity while also providing the adequate nutritional supplements and nutritional quantities so that their menstrual cycle returns. Other diseases that we can help with in terms of disease management can be um, not necessarily disease, but chronic low back pain. Low back pain is very, very common in today's society, and there are a lot of things that a kinesiologist can do and a lot of interventions that we can implement to help uh, with that. We can also help disease management with regards to eating disorders, more specifically um, anorexia athletica, which is over-exercising essentially or using exercise as I can eat this but I have to exercise this amount and really helping recover individuals from athletica anorexia or anorexia athletica and developing a healthier relationship with exercise and nutrition. So that is another disease management that we can help with. Kinesiologists also help with a lot of cardiopulmonary and cardiovascular disease, such as cardiac rehabilitation. So if an individual has sustained a heart attack, a stroke, um, something like that, then we can help with that and we can help implement a cardiac rehabilitation to get their heart stronger. Maybe they've had a coronary bypass or something like that, double bypass, triple bypass. Maybe they've had surgery on their heart and their bicuspid valve or something like that. We can implement implement specific cardiac rehab intervention and um, exercise implementation to help their heart recover from a cardiac event and get them stronger and moving better again. We also help with cardiopulmonary. So maybe an individual has had a pneumothorax or a lung collapse and they are experiencing shortness of breath. Maybe they experience exercise-induced asthma. Maybe they experience uh, post-COVID shortness of breath and, you know, they don't really have the same lung capacity that they used to have. We can implement cardiac rehab in that as well. And then more recently... Um, In the literature, we have found that exercise is both prehabilitation um, and prevention of certain cancers. It is also rehabilitation 
following a cancer and when an individual has engaged or has encountered remission. So someone has had cancer, they've gone through the treatment and now they're in remission and we want to keep them healthy. So we need to get them up and exercising. Um, one thing that a lot of people who are in, in uh, remission experience is CRF, um, which is like chronic fatigue. I can't remember what the R stands for, but anyways, chronic fatigue is something that a lot of people who have had chemotherapy and radiotherapy they experience chronic fatigue and exercise is a treatment and a rehabilitation protocol for help dealing with that. And then also we've learned that exercise is a treatment for cancer. So there are studies by which they have taken people who are just receiving chemotherapy, they have taken people who are just receiving exercise therapy, and they have taken patients who are receiving exercise and chemotherapy and they have had the best outcomes with regards to cancer survivorship. Um, we have improved the rates of cancer remission and decreased the rates of cancer coming back. They have improved the quality of life of these individuals engaging in both cancer exercise treatment as well as chemotherapy treatment at the same time. They've done a lot of mice studies where they have found that exercise and chemotherapy is the best treatment for shrinking tumors. Isn't that crazy? They found that exercise alone shrinks cancer tumors and chemotherapy alone shrinks cancer tumors. But exercise and chemotherapy is the best for shrinking tumors in a lot of mice models, which are now being used in clinical practice at Princess Margaret and their oncology outpatient unit. So it's pretty cool. There's a lot going on with kinesiology and there's a lot that we are learning about how kinesiology and how exercise is medicine. And I love the exercises medicine movement because it is true. I have experienced it. I have seen it with patients. I have seen it in the literature. I have seen it with regards to a number of different ailments. I have seen it with regards to uh, preeclampsia throughout pregnancy, which is essentially high blood pressure during pregnancy. We've seen this with cardio, oncology. We've seen this with long-term illness such as multiple sclerosis, Huntington's disease, Lou Gehrig's disease, there is so much evidence to support the fact that exercise is medicine. And I love medicine. And I love exercise. So it works out perfectly for me. As a kinesiologist, I think it's really important that I walk the walk. But I also think it's really important that I recognize that I'm not perfect. The volume of exercise that the ACSM and Health Canada provides as guidelines is a lot of exercise. And even me, even someone who knows how important it is to meet these guidelines, to engage in resistance training for bone remodeling and osteoarthritis, sarcopenia, and who knows how important it is to engage in these activities for mental health, cerebral blood flow, and all of those things, memory consolidation. It's hard for me to meet these guidelines. But it's important that I walk the walk and that I do as much as I can so that my patients see me engaging in these things and are inspired and motivated and know that they too can meet these guidelines even if they are hard. Aside from working one-on-one -on -one with patients, kinesiologists also work in group settings with regards to education. So like I said, sometimes an individual may not have the tools necessary in their toolkit to engage in health-promoting behaviors such as nutrition. So a kinesiologist can provide group educational seminars where you learn about nutrition, you learn about stress and coping and stress management, you learn about physical approaches to stress management, um, 
sleep hygiene, things like that. So kinesiologists engage in a lot of education. And sometimes that relies on, or sometimes that requires public speaking. I'm really good at public speaking. I love public speaking. It's something that I've always been good at. I think it's because I did musical theater. So because I did musical theater, I am very good at speaking in front of people. I'm good at speaking in front of crowds. I am confident. I have no problem talking to people. Um, Yeah, so that's sort of where I'm at with that. Um, And that's a part, a really important part of kinesiology is education. And I love that. I love empowering and educating people to make good decisions about their health and their wellness and their well-being. As you can tell, based on my personal characteristics, my experiences, and my interests and my passions, kinesiology was the best profession for me. It is so in alignment with who I am as a person. It is so in alignment with the things that I believe in. And because I am so passionate about it and because I believe in it so, so, so very much, it makes it very easy for me to be in this profession. Now, yes, you guys know I did apply to my master's of physiotherapy and I was unfortunately rejected from every physiotherapy program that I applied to. But physiotherapy and kinesiology are very, very, very similar. Our scope of practice is very similar. The things that we do are very similar. The types of patients that we see are very similar in terms of rehabilitation and disease management. But kinesiology does have that nutrition factor within our scope of practice with the College of Kinesiologists of Ontario that has that is unique to our profession. So I might still become a physiotherapist one day should I decide to go abroad and obtain my master's of physiotherapy that way and then come back to Canada. All the cards are still on the table. I've also heavily considered doing another master's, which is a research master's. I kind of wish I applied for this coming September for intake. However, with regards to my financial situation right now, I have had no financial help. With regards to my bachelor's degree, I paid for it completely by myself. I paid for all my rent, all my groceries, every single thing for the last six years, five years of undergrad, and then this year is my postgrad year. I've paid for completely on my own. And that has dug me a pretty deep financial hole that I'm still working on getting out of. So I'm still really interested in obtaining a master's degree. I think I would really like to study further uterine contractility. I did a meta-analysis with Dr. Marius Locke at University of Toronto on the effects of obesity and adipokines on myometrial contractility, which is the the myometrium is the uterus muscle. It's, the, it's just the type of muscle that it is. And how adipokines secreted by adipose tissue affect the myometrial contractility or lack thereof and the type of birth impl- implications that this can have, aka uterus isn't contracting, means you can't give birth vaginally, which means that you may need to have a cesarean. Not that a cesarean is bad, but just I like the science. I like biology and physiology and advanced neuromuscular physiology as well. So I've considered doing a master's degree in something like that, Um, a research master's, maybe doing a research research master's with a specialty in women's health. I'm dedicated to lifelong learning. I love this practice. I love kinesiology. And it's definitely something that no matter what I do, even if I do decide to do a master's of physiotherapy, I probably will still maintain my um, license as a registered kinesiologist and do that as well, just because I love the education, lifestyle, and nutrition intervention. 
if I decide to do a research master's um, and obtain a master's of science, I still am going to be engaging in kinesiology practices. It's not going anywhere. It is a passion of mine and it is what I love. So if you're listening to this right now and you've always sort of wondered what I do, why I do it, this is why. If you're listening to this right now and you're like, wow, kinesiology sounds like I might really like it as well, I highly encourage you to attend a seminar about kinesiology, attend a seminar about University of Toronto. Maybe you do Queens at Kin or Kin at Queens, or maybe you do Kin at U of T or Kin at McGill or McMaster. There are tons of really awesome programs in the province that I highly, highly recommend. If you're listening to this and you haven't found what you're really passionate about and what sets your soul on fire, I encourage you to keep looking, keep listening to podcasts, keep engaging in your community, keep reading books, and pay attention to those things that repeatedly come up. For me, throughout high school, what repeatedly kept coming up was my passion for fitness and healthy, active living, and it kept revealing itself and showing up and showing up and showing up and I knew that I really loved it. In university, women's health, I kept finding that I was writing papers about women's health and it kept showing up and showing up and showing up and then I was like, oh shit, I really care about women's health. So if you haven't found what you're passionate about, ask yourself, what are the topics that keep coming up? What are the topics that you like reading books about? What are the topics that you like listening to podcasts about? What are the topics that when you see or hear of someone doing that thing, you're like, oh, I wish I could do that. Oh, I want to do that. Oh, I want to know more about that. Oh, I want to become an expert in that. Maybe you're finding that topics regarding, I don't know, the outdoor industry keep coming up for you or climbing or running or sailing or something like that. Maybe topics about um, women's rights keep coming up for you or human rights or indigenous rights. Maybe that's an avenue that you want to go on. Maybe it's law. Maybe it's policy. Maybe it is history and archives. You know, find what keeps coming up for you and look for the patterns See the patterns. If you are in a program right now and or you've graduated for a program and you're like, oh, I don't really know where to go from here. Have a look at some of the projects that you did during that program. Open up the files on your computer and see some of the papers that you kept writing about. I kept writing about women's health. I kept writing about vaginismus, endometriosis, uh, myometrial contractility, postpartum depression. I kept writing about women's health. And when I opened up the files on my computer, I kept seeing those papers that I had done. I was like, oh shit, I really care about this. Open up the files in your computer. See what you keep coming back to and what gets you really, really engaged and what really sets your soul on fire. And I am sure that you will find some patterns that you can base your career off of that. Now, I don't want to sit here and pretend like I have my career all figured out because I don't. I know that I want to be a kinesiologist I know that I'm in the business of helping people. I know that I am in in the business of empowering my empire and empowering the estrogen empire. I know that I am dedicated to lifelong learning and I know that I'm still navigating this crazy beautiful life. I know that I have a lot left to learn. I know that I have a lot of jobs that I want to work and I know that throughout my career and engaging in different jobs, I'm going to find what I really like and what I don't really like. And I know that my passions may change over time. I hope that this episode provided you a little bit of insight as 
with regards to what I do and what I am passionate about and who I am and where I've been. And I hope that this has inspired you to really pay attention to those nuances, those topics, those passions of yours that keep coming up and try and make a career out of them, even if it's a side hustle. I hope that we've been able to connect a wee bit more in this episode and you guys understand that although I may seem like I have it all figured out, I don't. Although I may seem like I have my shit together, I don't. Although I may seem like I am thriving, I don't. And I hope that you feel connected and I hope that you feel part of this community. I'm so excited for the upcoming month, for the Pride podcasts that we have coming up for the Pride events, wink, wink, that we have coming up that I'll be making announcements on really soon. And I'm so happy about what's to come for us, for our community, for the estrogen empire, and the crazy beautiful life. And with that, I gotta go because I got some shit that I need to do before a bachelorette tonight. <laughs> and before Danny comes home from work, I think I'm gonna be a, a, good, a good gal and I'm gonna make him dinner tonight. I just don't really know what to make, but we'll figure it out. But yeah. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And I will see you in our next episode. And stop what you were doing right now and leave me an Apple podcast review. Post this podcast to your Instagram stories. It'll take you two minutes. You guys, post it. It helps me so much with the algorithm. It helps me so much with my listenership and my listener retention. Please leave me a review. Post this to the story. Spread the knowledge, share the message, build the empire. It is a beautiful life. I love you so much and I'll see you in my next episode. Have a wonderful day. Bye guys.